It's Monday, November 6th, 2023. This is the Rook Roundtable. Welcome to the Rook Roundtable. I'm Gian Gomeshi. Hello to you from Toronto, Canada. Salam dostan aziz to Shema. This is Conversations from to and about the Iranian diaspora and beyond. It's the Monday Roundtable. We're not, we're no longer calling this the bonus, <laughs> the bonus roundtable, the bonus show. In fact, for a while, we were adding a 0.5. Mm-hmm. We were like, it's uh, episode 292.5. Yeah. It was the bonus Monday. But once you start doing it every Monday, it's no longer bonus. Raho June, Pega June, you yes. know, then it does uh, doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So this is episode two hundred and ninety four of Rook, the Monday Roundtable. Okay. All right. In the studio, she's our regular Rook Roundtable specialist and a producer for us here. Smart Pega. Woo. Smart Hello. Smart Pega Ganji. <laughs> Hello. Also in the studio in Iranian Canadian marketing strategist, trying to say it really fast. Also in the studio an Iranian Canadian marketing strategist and designer who's been very active in the Iranian community, especially during the uprising of the last year. The Triple R, resonant Raha Ru. Are we going to stick with that? Resonant Raha. You've got your nickname. The Triple R. I was actually going to ask today. Am I going to get a nickname? Triple R is like a, that's like well, super, that's a good one. superhero stuff. Yeah. yeah. The Triple R. I can see, you know, you've got a cape and you've got a shirt with three R's on Next it. Next Halloween. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she's uh, already got her costume. See, she's one of those Halloween people. She's so into Halloween. We talked she's about so that last it. time. And you guys are, are the other kind of Halloween people. What do you as uh, myself. Although <laughs> we, I believe in ghosts and and uh, atrocity. Well, I don't want to say atrocities. Whoops, the world is on fire. Don't <laughs> say atrocity. That, that's all we're thinking. I about. believe in horrible uh, things that, that you know uh, can happen based on uh, monsters and ghosts. Because we've had a quite a day. It's now the early evening. Oh yes. We usually record in the late afternoon, but mm-hmm. uh, the last few hours have been uh, a scramble. <laughs> to get a new mixing board because suddenly the microphones weren't working and it turned out it was a mixing board and methodical Kaveh and Savvy Roham and Resonant Raha. Everybody was running around trying to find a mixing board. Resonant Raha is my new favorite nickname. (laughs) It means you resonate. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Is that so bad? No, 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 it's fine. Not to be confused Thank with you. resident. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I, I heard resident. That's why <laughs> it, it I was does, like... It does sound a bit like that, yeah. yeah. I didn't think that through. Is there, uh, the <laughs> first time first time I said it, I was like, resident Raha? She's a re- well, Are you a resident? I mean, you are, yes, right? Yes, yeah. yeah so, no, I'm not here illegally. You are resonant. <laughs> resonant Resonant, Raha. okay, okay. Uh, so this, this is the round table. Now, on, on, I should say that we had a a show that we're getting a fair bit of um, reaction to on last Thursday mm-hmm. called The World is on Fire. I yes. I said on the show that I think it's an incredibly uncreative title yeah. that I came up with for that episode, but, but perhaps uh, nonetheless apt because it does feel like, mm-hmm. I mean, even people, I saw um, Homasar Shar, the... Uh, the veteran Iranian American journalist, mm-hmm. you know, uh, she she did a post. She had actually been in some Hill, uh, ill health, and it was great to see uh, Homa um, back, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of. And she did this post a few days ago, just saying, "In my whole life, I think she's probably in her late seventies or early eighties." Right. She said, "I've never, I don't remember a time in history where." this much nonsense was going on in the world, this Mm -hmm. much sadness, this much atrocity, this much, uh, uh, yeah. So we had this episode, The the World is on Fire, Hadi Qa'imi from the Center for Human Rights uh, joined us. And um, we had to talk about serious issues, Mm -hmm. uh, Armita dying in Iran, uh, Nasrin Sotudeh, who continues to be in prison now Mm -hmm. for the most, ridiculous of reasons, attending a funeral, the stuff going on in Iran. Before that, the week before, we had Sonita Alizadeh, the activist and rapper, talking about the the plight of Afghans Mm -hmm. in Iran and now 
uh, Afghans in general, I mean, because they're being deported from Pakistan too. Mm -hmm. Speaking of humanitarian crises, there's (laughs) more than just one place where that's happening. And another thing, another place that's happening is on the border of Pakistan and Afghanistan where all of these uh, Afghans are being pushed back into Afghanistan and that that happening simultaneously in Iran. It's Mm -hmm. it's a horrific situation. The week before that, Farshad Mutaqi, the great... um, uh, anchor from Manitoba that we love so much, but uh, it was quite a serious conversation. So we've been talking about the fact that can we do some lighter stuff? Can we have some mm-hmm. fun? The world won't let it happen. <laughs> exactly. What are we supposed to do? As you're listing these things, I'm like, where where are we going? What's happening? I mean, don't get me started on the referee situation in the Premier League oh, with Arsenal our being robbed. Where's our Arsenal <laughs> bell? <laughs> Each show has to have an Arsenal reference. We really need a and bell. And there was the I'm one. Well, get a bell. Get a bell. You don't have to order one. You can, uh, well, yeah, order one. Yeah. You see, this is privilege. Yes. I'm going to order one from Amazon. Maybe you could find a bell. <laughs> could, you could make a bell. You could take a little, you know, look at this. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That works. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, the oh, we got robbed on the weekend. Okay. With the Newcastle game. You don't know what I'm talking no, about. No, I have no yeah. clue. But I'm sorry. Yeah. That was the You case. should know at this point. I know. You know, you might have. You should just watch the at, Arsenal at game point, so you know what I'm talking about. I, I just feel, because. Yeah, I feel like I should do the same. Yeah. Football. Yeah. I should just talk to my dad and be like, "What happened?" Because he sure. follows. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's a he's a wise and interesting man. <laughs> now, this speaking of trying to do things in a little bit more of a, um, well, we 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 are we can accept that the world is doom and gloom. And even today, we're going to talk about some difficult stuff because we can't do a roundtable without addressing some of yes. what's going on in the world. But um, in an effort to, but there's, you know, there's a lot of other stuff, uh, other things that that, that make up uh, our lives and what we're interested <laughs> in. So, as an effort to um, to engage in in some other kind of talk, this Thursday we're doing an episode that we've been meaning to do for a while, mm-hmm. and, and it is about tea. Chai. Nom nom. <laughs> what, you made a noise with your mouth. Yeah, I just wanted to like add some ambience to that. Yeah, that's resonant know. Raha. You know, that's it. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm sipping tea. <laughs> Thank you for your sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> Strange. You know that scene from Titanic where everyone's like drowning, but there's this uh, quartet of violins mm. and they're like, yeah. Let's play while we can. Mm. I feel like that's us right now. Like the world is going on fire, but we're trying to like <laughs> horrible it up. and we're going down with the ship. Yes. <laughs> the visual Everybody just is. Now. I'm sorry. That's uh, just the scene that. Came that's to horrible. Mind. As long as I can be Rose, <laughs> I don't mind. It. Yeah. Maybe the, the only survive. one who you survived. never know. I want to be Rose. Yeah, she wants survived. to be the only person who survived. Okay, <laughs> we got it. <laughs> tea. We're going to talk about tea and Iranian obsession. Mm-hmm. Now. Um, we first of all, I should say, my guest is going to be um, a self-described tea expert. But anybody who knows him knows that he is indeed obsessed with tea. The making of the tea, what goes into the tea, the kind of tea, the 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 hour that he drinks his tea, oh, and wow. which is constantly. Oh yeah, no, he has a whole thing, and he actually did a documentary on it for the BBC at one point. Bessa Bulur is going to be joining me on Thursday, our friendly neighborhood uh, um, bearded broadcaster, uh, uh, and to talk about tea, all things tea, uh, and the fact that it is this Iranian obsession. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to actually ask the audience some some questions in the next couple of days leading up to this episode so that I, I can post them to Bassad on Thursday. So you want to tune in for this on Thursday. But here's in my research so far... Uh, and we've done a few episodes when we were doing our contemporary history of Iran. We were doing some episodes on um, on opiates and and uh, things that Iranians have been addicted to through the centuries, and and, and you know tea and and different liquids and <laughs> drugs and <laughs> things like that. We're, we're, we're talked about. I mean, right. for example, um, opium, you know, mm-hmm. which was used for medicinal purposes, not for recreational purposes mm-hmm. until only 100, 150 years, 50 years ago. Well, it seems like tea, that the, there's a similar relationship with tea, where uh, tea, um, 500, 600 years ago when it came to Iran, was initially a, a medicinal um, mm-hmm. 
drink. It was what you used for some kind of medical purpose. Uh, it wasn't till much later that, that it becomes recreational. And what's fascinating to me, and I wanted to obviously bring this up with Bass out on Thursday, mm-hmm. but uh, I just assumed that tea would go way back, right. centuries and centuries, thousands and thousands of years back with Iranians because, I mean, uh, because everything we do, it's yeah. tea is like, it really is an obsession. All day, when you wake up, you have tea. Yeah, and exactly. then I mean, you know. Uh, so it turns out Iranians were coffee drinkers. Oh. Iranians, you knew this? I knew this. Oh, I did right. not know this. Resonant Raha. See? Uh, <laughs> you, you, they were coffee drinkers for they. We, are, you know, our, our ancestors were coffee drinkers for most of history mm-hmm. until wow. only fucking 150 years ago. Kahve Turk. Have you ever had Kahve Turk? Like, you know how how um, we have coffee uh-huh. in yeah. the Turkish way? That used to be the way we would have coffee. Kahve, kahve Turk. Kahve Turk. Interesting. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I, had a little, I had a little Kahve Turk on my uh, <laughs> shreddies. Anyway, that, yes, that is true. shreddies? That is true. We were, they were, Iranians were coffee drinkers. And then for a, a number of reasons, some of which economic, mm-hmm. uh, tea becomes the standard and tea becomes now the obsession. And if you had asked me, I mean, because uh, I mean, uh, certainly in, in our family, they, we, you know, we, and I'm talking about my extended family, mm-hmm. it's tea, 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 oh, tea, yeah. tea, tea, mm-hmm. tea. Uh, I, I felt like I was a, a rebel bucking the trend when I started becoming a coffee drinker, you know? Um, so, tea and Iranian obsession. Now, to kick off our round table, mm-hmm. I thought I would ask you two a question okay. that I'm gonna put, uh, I'll, I'll put it on Instagram or something in the next couple of days um, as we lead up to this episode. Because one of the things I've also learned about the relationship between Iranians and tea, obsessive as it may be, mm-hmm. is that Iranians consider tea to be black tea, yeah. right? Yeah. Now, there's all kinds of uh, specific specifications, like how dark does it need to be, mm-hmm. what what kind of tea leaves, how we, you know, chetri by dam konim, you know, all that yeah. stuff, right? Mm-hmm. What's the the temperature? The type how, of glass you bring it type in. Type of glass, the estekonia, yeah, all yeah. of that. All what of that. are you serving? We'll get we'll with? get we'll get to all of that, but most importantly, it's uh, for any non-Iranians listening or people who. Uh, um, who, who aren't obsessed for some reason. Um, when we say tea, would you like some chai? Like if you were to go to a restaurant, and, mm-hmm. a Persian restaurant, and they say at the end, oh, do you want some tea? They're, they're really only talking about one kind of tea. That's yeah. it, yeah. And if it's a different kind of tea, it may invite some controversy, <laughs> right? Yeah. This is going to be a problem. Yes. So my question, is it improper... Because I feel like the rest of the world, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, is more open to a diversity of teas. Yes. Certainly the North American health kick is herbal mm-hmm. herbal teas, yeah. you know, sleep well with chamomile, mint, whatever. We know in different parts of the world, uh, parts of Asia, green tea, for example, right. is very, a big deal, you know. Is it improper to serve herbal tea at the end of a Persian meal. In other words, if you were, <laughs> if you were having Without a mamuni, without a doubt, and you know, I got if you were having a mamuni, because I know there's going to be people who immediately answer and go, "Of course, you can, you know, serve whatever you want." No, really, though, really? if you're having a mamuni and you've just uh, you've just served your um, your fesenjun, your 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 chorish to badamjun, and everybody's Zinish eating, it. and then and then would anybody like tea? And then you fucking bring some jasmine tea. <laughs> You bring some mint, you know, lilac, lavender tea. Oh, you're going to get so many looks. What is going... Yeah, so so the question is, I mean, I know it's not... Uh, we're talking about social norms, cultural mm-hmm. norms. We're not talking about nobody's going to get arrested for bringing the wrong kind of, of tea. But is it improper to serve herbal tea at the end of a Persian meal? Pega. Yes. All right. Without any hesitation. Okay. And yeah. I mean... And why is that? Because I think it's also a cultural thing. Like, you know, I'll speak. Yeah, like, I don't know. I look at the way I was brought up. So tea actually has a huge part in my life, Mm -hmm. like many other Iranians. But, you know, from as 
I was probably like what three four that sort of thing I remember my grandfather and I would wake up and have breakfast together and he would make me chai shirin like that was the big thing was I got to spend time with him and have breakfast Mm. and I looked forward to having chai shirin with him every single morning and now chai shirin is like I'm guessing sweet tea yeah it's so so it's basically tea with with either sugar or nabot one or the other whichever and so this would be our breakfast ritual and so now 30 some odd years later mm-hmm. I still look forward to that and that's still this nostalgic kind of feeling and, and that I'm, doesn't work so well with chamomile tea no not at no. all it just tastes completely different look at your face yeah. alright like, well that's no the way. answer I wanted <laughs> I wanted a stubborn yeah uh, kind of uh, intolerant Iranian now, answer I will say yeah. that when yes. I'm sick I have peppermint tea alright yeah but if when you're sick, shouldn't you be having the the tea with nabot? Isn't that the whole point? No, that's no, for stomachache. Oh, that's I for mean, stomach ache. I mean, right. when I have a cold, I have like right. I'll have peppermint tea. Yeah. Is it improper to serve herbal tea at the end of a Persian meal, resident Raho? Yes, you can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we all know how ridiculous this is. Yeah. But yes, go ahead. No, I don't. I don't think you can because. As soon as you do that, it's no longer a Persian meal or a Persian party. Oh. I mean, you can, but you have to apologize to all your yes and be like, "I'm sorry, I don't have any black tea or any." Persian we are we are suddenly in white face. We are we are <laughs> we're suddenly acting sefid yeah. or something. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. But um, I think what about something like green tea, though? I mean, green tea. Uh, green tea is also a very small part of our culture because mm-hmm. these two types of tea. Um, were gr- like gro- grow and are harvested in Iran, but mm-hmm. cultivated. Yeah, cultivated. Mm-hmm. But um, other types of tea are not really available. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think historically that's why black tea has become so prominent and everybody knows them and mm-hmm. it's become ingrained in our culture. Because as you said, can you have chamomile tea with like sugar? Like Ew, no. And honestly, isn't tea like by <laughs> definition? I think there's only specific colors that constitute as tea. Like when you're referring See, to like peppermint. No, no, I'm serious. Yeah. No, this is actually a definition thing. Uh-huh. Like when you're talking about jasmine or mm-hmm. whatever, those are herbal. Ginger, like we, lavender. We call them uh, herbal teas, but uh, really they're not teas because tea leaves are only of certain colors. Oh. That one thing I know about tea. <laughs> Do you know where uh, where where tea is cultivated in Iran? Yeah. Well, no, hang on. You, I, uh, no. you seem to know these things. I'm asking Smart Pega. No, I Smart really don't. Pega. The North. Yeah. I could have guessed that. Yeah. And it's, in fact, see, this is so interesting to me. It's interesting that tea only began cult- being cultivated and only became a, a big thing in Iran mm-hmm. 150 years ago. It's really not that long ago. Right. Given the part of the world, this is like, yeah. the, you know, this ain't the new world. This is, you know, <laughs> only 150 years ago. And it has become such a big deal. I think Iranians are the second highest per capita drinkers of tea in the world wow. or like way up there and and 92% of the tea that is drunk in in Iran is imported yeah oh. like in other words can't keep up with the demand by in up in Mazandaran or wherever it is in the north that they're making it yeah they can't so it it there's such a hunger for this tea that it is imported in and uh, yeah, and, and and so what's funny to me is, uh, and I kind of love this about uh, uh, there's things like I sort of love about being Iranian, you know, the our Iranian background, and and we really are kind of obsessive. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, how how in that short history mm-hmm. of 150 years or whatever it is, even less than that. Uh, we can be this specific about the kind of tea, <laughs> like so that so that a question, a fun question thrown out there is answered seriously. No, yes, of course, of course, it has to be black tea, and it has to be this temperature, and it has to look like, like we this. We know what we like, all right. Yeah. That's what it is. It's historical and it's cultural, and if you do it differently, then it loses its essence, right? And I feel like we have such nice ways of presenting it, and we have such nice rituals. Oh yeah you know, involved with our drinking tea. And I think it, part of it is also, you know, the, the manner in which we do it. You know, That's so uh, beautiful. I, I happen to know Behzad, who's coming on, Behzad Balur on Thursday. I know he is so particular, mm-hmm. OCD, obsessive, whatever you mean about his tea, that um, I, I saw him say at one point that, like, you know how sometimes you'll put rose petals or, right. or rose water or something like that? No. Yeah. He's having none of that. 
nonsense. So funny. that's not part of the the the, our, the tea. See, I completely understand that because so in our family, my grandfather will only allow certain people in our family to make him tea. Mm. Whoa, yeah, my that's sister and my dad. Mm. Are the only two people in our family. Who wow. Yeah. You don't make the cut. Nope, I do not. And why is that? <laughs> I'm his favorite, and yet I don't make the cut. You don't know how to make the tea. Apparently not. Okay, not not the way that not it. the way that he wants. You can't learn how to make the tea. I've tried. I swear, it's just one of those mm. things. You might have to downgrade your monikers. <laughs> Smart Pega doesn't know how to. <laughs> Smart Pega minus. Minus tea. Yeah, yeah. No, no tea. <laughs> That's exactly uh, it. Speaking of Iranian cuisine, the second thing on the round table I wanted to uh, talk about, we got four items today. This one, this one, um, just a personal story. Now, I haven't told you this story mm-hmm. because it's not, it's really kind of silly, but, but I think that uh, it is part of, <laughs> of our reality uh, as Iranians. Orma Sabzi, what? I don't like Horma Sabzi. You don't I, like Horma Sabzi? I love no. Horma Sabzi. Okay, this is interesting. It's my like, least favorite Iranian food. I was not anticipating this. Yeah. Okay. Well, w- my argument was going to be, my thesis was going to be, <laughs> we love Horma Sabzi, mm-hmm. not so much the after scent. Oh, not at all. <laughs> right? Terrible. Now, so I, I love Horma Sabzi. So I, I go to my mom's place mm-hmm. about a week and a half ago. And it was one of, and I always have to, I'm always trying to manage my mom, you know, like I, like, like, cause I don't want her to, if I say I'm coming over and usually on the weekend, for sure I'm going to come there mm. and I know that she's going to pazirai, you know, and she really puts too much effort in mm-hmm. and, you know, makes a lot of food Aww. for me and all Persian this. Persian mom love. It's the best. Tabrizi mom, amazing wow. cook, the best, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't get better. But I don't want I don't want her to yeah. do all that. So I was very I was almost hostile. I said, I'm only coming for a little bit. I'll come for some chai. Yeah. None of that herbal None stuff. None of that herbal stuff. Come on. We're gonna yeah. Some real chai. We'll have some chai, but I'm not you know, don't please don't make anything. Zahmat Nandas Khodas. I Zahmat Nakesh. I I even Zahmachi. Zahmat to Zahmat Nandas You're learning, resident Raha. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you can take some pointers from Gian on the Farsi level. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Zahmat Nandas Khodas. Keep going. Isn't it Zahmat Nakesh? Both work. All right, yeah. You know, there are multiple ways Where was I before I was interrupted by this Persian? You were going to have some wonderful chai with Right, your mom. right, right, right. I even lied to her. A fib. A little, you know. And I said, you lied to I, your have, mom? I have plans for dinner so that she wouldn't make the dinner, you know. Right. Nonetheless, as I'm leaving, she hands me a bag, you know, of stuff. <laughs> and she said, oh, I just made this. This was nothing. I just, you know, I had some extra, like, I had some extra, like, it's, like, right. warm from being, you know. <laughs> so, uh, and it was rice. And then in uh, in a second Tupperware, there was one, one Tupperware container of rice mm-hmm. and, and another one of Orm Sabzi. And now everything in your house. No, 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 hang on, hang on. Oh, no, 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 hang on, hang on. Now, if, and, and she knows I love Orm Sabzi. Right. And so... Do you know those, first of all, are you familiar, this is like, I, I don't know, do you know those Tupperware things that have the red top, they're glass and they yeah, have yeah, the yeah. red top? With the snap Pirates. closures? The snap, yeah. no, no, not, not, not snap, not the snap, it's called, it's a Pirates. brand, it's, it's, no, it's a brand called Anchor or something, but anyway, it's glass, they're, okay. certain, they're like glass, bo- this is probably so specific to yeah. Canada. <laughs> But anyway, it's this glass thing and then there's like a red plastic top. Anyway, the plastic tops tend to break. Okay. And so you're just left with the, yeah. and you have to keep replacing the tops, right? Yeah, and yeah. and so recently my mom had said, if you find any of these tops anywhere, and I had actually brought some, nonetheless, she had put the, the Korma Sabzi in a different kind of container mm-hmm. where she'd put like foil and cellophane and stuff over top of it and the lid. and. And she always says, the "Protective measures in, we must take." Listen, in the same way that she says, "Locht narobirun," when I'm fully clothed with a jacket on, "Cherub locht rafti." Why are you naked? You know, she she will say, you know, or narotu aftab siachshudi. You know, don't don't go in the sun. You've become. She she says she always says, 
be careful with this it's going to spill right. you know when it's like in a hermetically sealed tupperware thing <laughs> so she said it again oh be careful and I'm like, okay mom you show up fine you know i didn't really listen to it okay thank you for the conversation and i'm remember i'm hostile because i've said i told you not to make anything mm-hmm. and now you're why are you totofing with me and making me this food so then i take it and uh and i've got oogie with me you mm-hmm. know the uh uh, spiritual leader of, of Rook Media, the the, the French yeah. bulldog. Yeah. So Oogie goes into the back of the car, and then I put these two things in the back seat. You know, the Ooh. the containers in the bag, and uh, and and I start to drive, and the two the two uh, Tupperware containers, both of which are glass, are are clinking. They're hitting each other. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, ah, uh, and I noticed like Oogie's bothered by this too. So I kind of, without properly thinking wave my hand in the back to knock no. one of them oh, and I knock no. it over and the Gorma Sabzi juice oh, no. spills into the car. Oh, God. You got to sell your car. Yep. That's it. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's done. This is, I mean, I don't want to use the word terrorism, but this, <laughs> this Gorma Sabzi, this is, I mean, it was a nightmare. First of all, Every time you go to your car now, you have a meal. Of oh my God! Do you? Th- First of all, <laughs> yeah. there's Hold no. I, I. I. It's going to be about six months before I can invite a non-Iranian into the car yeah. because <laughs> they will be. They'll be terrified. Like what is happening what in this car? In what car? is the? I can't get rid of it. I can't get rid of the Kormasabzi smell. I mean, I have. I've used Lysol. I mean, no, I've used. Nothing works. There's. There's nothing that will work. It is such, and it's so funny because I we I love it so much. Kormasabzi. But, you know, uh, like, you know how we don't like to think of ourselves sometimes, Iranians, as, as ethnic, you know? It is such an ethnic thing, this smell. Like, this, it's so this, Persian. It's so it's Persian. Just, like, it's see, so, this is, this is it's part so, like, of I why, just know some person yeah. getting in the car would be like, well, they might not even say anything, but be like, wow, this guy is really ethnic. You know, listen, to, look at what he's got there. And, and I don't know how to clean it. <laughs> I don't know what to do. I have a business idea you, you about can't. this. I have a business. You know how there are like, specific car wash places where you can take your car to <laughs> clean the skunk <laughs> stuff if you can get the we scent of korma sabzi out you're you looking a for a business, business. i yeah, have been able to, to clean oogie from a skunk <laughs> i've been able to deal with that i can't get rid of this korma sabzi i've tried everything i tried we you need know professional korma sabzi cleaners if you're looking for a business idea i even <laughs> had some bags and things <laughs> that were like in the back of the car nowhere near this no, i thought maybe the juice had hit them smells. i washed the bags i did everything it's still that i mean the car the car's a write-off the car is, I, I told you, you got to sell your car. That's I can't. It. Nobody will buy it. I mean, it's, it just, it's, it's a Gormas Abzi car. you got to sell it to a Gormas Abzi connoisseur. I have to sell it to a Gormas Abzi maker that yeah. just like delivers Gormas Abzi, yeah. so it just smells like See, that already. this is part of why I don't like Gormas Abzi. I just, there's so much scent associated associated but, with it that's, but, but that's, you're that's not it. you're not a good uh, trial case then because you i mean you're not a good case study because you already don't like it no i don't but like I, it because I, of that what, smell but what's we well really? what's weird yeah, is i can't stand it well because i was going to say i can't necessarily think of another food of any type of any type of any of any extraction where where we love the taste of it so much but don't like the odor mm-hmm. and there are people i mean you know I, i've had people say because i like making korbisabzi in the house yeah. and, and they say oh you do huh well you make korbisabzi at home and uh, yeah why not because your house smells like it for the next two for weeks next, right oh, and it's I true wish just two weeks don't make it with shambalile that's but the then thing. it doesn't taste no, like no, 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 a little bit no no I mean, no no i'm i'm, I'm very particular about your shambalile sure sure i got listen you can't but uh, anyway, the car, the car is a nightmare. I don't, I don't know what to do. Even I don't want to get in my car, and uh, you know, burn it. I <laughs> How mean, does Oogie react to the smell? Oh, that's a good question. I'd be curious to know. Yeah, I think he might fancy it. He's not. Oh, okay. Yeah, anything that vaguely has the smell of food, food. Oogie's good with. Yeah, but this, I mean, I'm. If anyone has any suggestions of what you, what you do with oh, this, oh, if something works, I'd love to know. It's kind of like a. It's like a, you know, it's 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 like one of those things where, you know, something something happens in your life where you go, oh man, this is gonna take months, yep. months. It's like it's like it's like um you know a really bad, <laughs> you know, 
breaking a limb really badly or something. You know, just give me in a cast for a while. Like, this Gorma Sabzi, I mean, uh, the car is is a, I, I don't know, I, I've had people, a couple of people suggested just leave your car outside and open all the windows no. and doors. Just leave it for a, a while. Vitex. Now you know why Persian moms love their white eggs, right? The, you know, the, like the bleach? You know, like bleach, yeah. Vitex. Wish me I'm a Farsi. They, they bleach. call it, yeah, bleach I've is Vitex bl- my, I, I got to bleach my car? It's a black. <laughs> It's a black car. <laughs> Your seats are going to be all sorts of, you know, stay. Get I, I, I don't know what to do. And the worst part is that my mom warned me. You know, yeah. She was like, "Be careful!" This, and I was like, "Oh, it's not gonna." Blah, 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 blah. Is she now killing you with all, "I told you so"? No, I think she feels yeah. bad because I mean, I I, I can't drive anywhere. She I mean, didn't you know, say I told I, you I, so. I, I, I'm walking to work. <laughs> from, moms, it takes Persian me hours moms to walk. Live on "I told you so." Moms. Nah, she's my mom's so cool. She, she. I mean, no, she. She no, my mom's much more passive aggressive than that. She won't. <laughs> she, she would never directly say, "I told you so." She'll say, "Oh, so Ushnemi you." Konitike. So you no no no. It'll be much more subtle. It'll be like, "Oh, so you, you didn't um, keep it in the bag, as I said." Like it'll be like <laughs> that, you know. Like it'll just be like a question. Oh, you're wearing those boots again. You oh know? yeah. And it's like, why don't you just say you don't like the boots? No no no. I'm just. You know. No, my mom is very direct. Oh. You know when I, when I wore my costume, which was a phoenix. <laughs> Oh, right. I sent her a yeah. photo and she was like, what is this, an ugly, an ugly uh, crow? <laughs> <laughs> she called me like, an ugly crow. Yeah. something like that. I was <laughs> like, uh, mom. <laughs> she was joking, obviously. My mom is. Fine. All right. So anyway, I mean, if anybody, info at rookmedia.com, you give me the info or post somewhere on one of our platforms if you have some sort of magical formula for the Kormis Abzi. There really is, it really is a business idea though. Yeah. How to get rid of the, I mean, it's a very the specific. Open a yeah. car wash or a wash of whatever sort. A branded Kormis Abzi. Kormis Abzi cleaners. Kormis Abzi cleaners. It would take off. Beautiful. <laughs> we have enough Iranians in the city. Um, <laughs> Can we make an, let's make an awkward turn into serious stuff? Not yeah. that that wasn't serious. That's very serious. Because it's the, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's my current um, issue with my car. But um, let's talk about uh, what's going on. First of all, there's a big issue I want to talk about that has to do with what's going on in the world. But before we get there, there was news today mm-hmm. uh, about Nagis Mohammadi. And just because we've talked about her recently a couple of times, I thought... We would roundtable her yeah. a little bit um, because she's gone on a hunger strike. She has. This is the journalist who is detained in Evian prison currently in Iran. Um, who was go- most recently awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. Yes. Off Evian. <laughs> to <laughs> her and you. Yeah. Thank right, you. Yeah. Um, so, so like you mentioned, you know, we, we just heard um, from a message that she had sent to her family that she's now gone on hunger strike. And um, the the idea behind it is that she's protesting two various things. The first one is, and I'm going to directly quote her, the Islamic Republic's policy of delaying and neglecting medical care for sick inmates, which actually she herself is quite ill and needs medical treatment, but she's been denied medical treatment because she's refused to wear the hijab. And the second, of course, is the, the policy of death or mandatory hijab for Iranian women. So those are the two things that she's protesting. And, um, you know, again, we, we don't have too much information, but um, there was a pr- there was some reports of a prison warden who announced that, according to orders from higher authorities, sending her to the hospital without a headscarf was prohibited, and that's why they weren't actually allowing her to seek medical treatment. So we, you know, there's actually reports of the fact that there's been officials who have admitted to the fact that they yeah. are withholding medical treatment from her simply because she's refusing to wear the headscarf. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, there was another report that I read, um, which I thought was really interesting. Again, I don't know how true this is, but I'm, I'm hoping this one's actually quite true. And um, there were reports of numerous women within the prison lobbying for her mm. and chanting and screaming and mm. trying to have their voices heard to try and get her medical treatment. Right. And I just thought, you know, in the midst of a place like Evin Prison to hear, you know, your fellow inmates trying to do whatever they can to get you any sort of help. I just, I don't know. I found that to be yeah. so emotional. What, what, what do we think of the, um, the efficacy of hunger strikes? 
because I just because it's been deployed a few times mm-hmm. now. Nasrin Sotoudeh herself was yes. on a hunger strike. Vahid um, Beheshti, we mm-hmm. had the hunger strike in London um, this past year uh, about, about trying to get the IRGC on the terrorist list. I mean, it did work in terms of bringing a lot of attention. attention Didn't work in yeah. terms of uh, affecting policy. What 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 do we feel about this? Okay. Um, I had to look into how hunger strike actually started and, and like what people used to do and the history of it. And it started in Ireland with people going on hunger strike at um, the doorstep of someone who was who was committing something or government officials who they wanted to change a policy. And slowly it kind of um, got to other parts of the world and mainly it was used by the suffragettes so women chanting like wanting wanting more rights basically um and historically it's worked however i'm not too sure how much it's going to work when it comes to the irgc and um and i'm not too sure if i would have made the same decision if if i had so much say and if, if i were those ladies who we just mentioned and if i had this much um influence and say when i came out like i wouldn't maybe risk my life like that i mean it's very brave of them but to put themselves in in that situation mm-hmm. yeah. i don't know well, I'm, it, it it certainly works in terms of getting you know we're talking Attention. about her yeah. and we're talking about the conditions in Iran and and you, the worst thing would be for Nagas Mohammadi who's just won a Nobel Peace Prize to to disappear because yeah, exactly. at, the, at the hands of this regime detaining her mm-hmm. and squashing her and suppressing her voice. So, I mean, on that sense, um, it, it's a it's a powerful tool. I I agree that I don't know this regime hasn't shown any uh, sort of um, uh, there, there's there's few examples Mercy, of this yeah. kind of moving the dial, you know, mm-hmm. when it comes to the, the the current government in Iran. Actually, what I was going to say is that you know it it's considered to be effective in the sense that it it gets media attention or it yeah. gets public attention or it gets you know um, public support for the cause that sort of thing. In in that sense, it is effective. But in in terms of actually affecting a decision, so in this case, you know, is this going to have an impact on allowing her medical treatment? I actually think in this case it might, because the last thing that the Islamic Republic would want is for her to die as a result of the hunger strike. Now imagine what that would do. She's just won the Nobel Peace Prize. Mm -hmm. We just had the committee actually mention that they're... they're, um, they voice their support for her. They're they're mentioning that you know she should be given proper medical aid, that sort of thing. So now, it, the way I'm looking at it is, you know, the Islamic Republic doesn't want this turned into an even bigger thing, right? Right. And if you remember, with Nasrin Sotoudeh, they eventually sent her home yes. for a medical leave for exactly. a little bit or something because the exact same thing they did. That it was to the point where, although I always wonder about that too because. Yeah. It, you know, just when we said, oh, they'll never execute Navid Afkari, exactly he's become it. an international yeah. name, that's they executed him, too. right? Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's... it's, it's We never know, but yeah. that's uh, definitely one of the things from the efficacy of it. It's very brave of them, but I'm afraid for them. All right. Point number four for this roundtable, and uh, this is the fourth one of the four. And this is kind of a larger conversation I wanted to have, and maybe the main talking point I wanted to get to today. And that is... And it's it's sort of a difficult one to 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 bring up because it's a very complicated, complex relationship. I believe that Iranians are currently having, as I observe and and see amongst our own team, even you know, with what is going on in the world today. Let me try and say it's it's the increasingly bizarre position people of Iranian descent are finding themselves in amidst this war between Israel and Hamas or maybe between those calling for a free Palestine and those not. And that is that there are a growing number of prominent and and not prominent as well, Iranians who are being accused of being Islamophobic, some of whom are Muslims, Mm -hmm. many of whom grew up under the Islamic Republic (laughs) and are now being told you are Islamophobic Mm -hmm. because you are... Um, not siding with 
a particular side or with a particular idea. Fast forward to yesterday, or at least a couple of days ago in Toronto, there's been big rallies around the world, um, pro-Palestinian rallies, some of them free Palestine, some of them calling for a ceasefire. We've, we've seen all of that. Um, some of them very powerful, some of them huge in numbers, some of them with friends of ours mm -hmm. attending them. Um, a couple of days ago, two or three days ago in Toronto, in the center of the city, there were there was a large group of, uh, presumably this was part of a, a Free Palestine rally, a large group of Muslim, predominantly if not entirely men, mm -hmm. who began praying, who mm -hmm. were who did a very public Muslim prayer mm -hmm. in the streets of Toronto, um, and this elicited a number of sentiments from uh, particularly from Iranians um, and including a couple of members of our, of our team who said to me that they felt very triggered by this you know this kind of uh, that particular language that they saw that and they were like isn't this what we left Iran you know this is like looks like the Friday prayer in the Islamic Republic and we came to Canada and now this is here now one of the people who is speaking out against this is a Belgian MP of Iranian descent named Dario Safai, who, I, I don't know if it's because of her, because I, I suppose she's been supporting Israel or has said a few things in social media. She's somebody who's been defending herself, saying I'm not, um, stop calling me an Islamophobe. Mm -hmm. So she, I want to read you the, the tweet that or the the ex whatever it is that that she wrote about this and 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 you know I'm curious to hear what you two have to say in reaction to this so this is this is what Daria Safai I, I I don't feel like I'm telling t tales out of school by reading this because of course she she tweeted this this is a public post uh this is the Belgian MP she says, Allah Akbar in Toronto. Last night, she posted this yesterday, thousands of Muslims lined the streets of Toronto to pray together. This praying in the streets in large numbers is not as innocent as it seems. I know from experience in Iran and with Friday prayers by Islamists, it is a political and social message of power display. They want to show how powerful they are for it should ever come to a confrontation with the West if necessary. They're proud of their Muslim brothers Hamas and stand united behind Islamists. Of course, you don't see any women among them, only men, and this is because of the strict gender apartheid that prevails in their religion. Wake up world, what you allow under the guise of religious freedom has absolutely nothing to do with individual freedom, but with pure display of power. Now, those are the words of Dario Safai. Um, I know that there are people who disagree with what she said. You can go read the comments, and some of them very vociferously. Other, many others also saying they do agree. And um, what what do you think of this, Pega? This 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 position that um, that members of our team or someone like Daria is saying I've seen this before mm -hmm. and I and w what's happening here and if this was I I, I, I want to go so far as to say is if this was from a, um, a quote-unquote Canadian who'd mm -hmm. been in Canada for generations we might say you are expressing intolerance. You are being, you know, you 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 can't handle people coming from a different part of the world. This is somebody saying, "I come from this part of the world, and I'm freaked out by this." Mm -hmm. How do we respond to that? So I think there's a couple of things, and I don't think it's even specific to just this incident or <clears throat> what's been happening right now. I think the first thing that we need to remember is distinguishing between extremism and a religion as a whole is essential to protecting our individual freedoms. So when someone, whether it's members of our team or even friends of mine, who I have this conversation with regularly, tell me, you know, why did we allow them to do this in the middle of downtown Toronto? Why are we allowing hundreds upon hundreds of... We being the country of Canada. We being the country of Canada. Right. And more importantly, we being the Iranians who are residing here, who are voting, uh -huh. who are, you know, active members of society. Why are we allowing this? The response that I always have is that you know, I think a lot of us left a country like the Islamic Republic of Iran to come to a place like Canada where we were afforded or awarded these rights 
Under Section 2 of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, we are all allowed as Canadians to, we're free to follow the religion of our choice. We're free and guaranteed, in fact, Mm. the freedom of thought, belief, and expression. And this is expression. And I think, you know, don't get me wrong, I don't necessarily agree with each and every single person who was in attendance on Friday. I don't know many, if any of them. But I think if we're looking at this, you know, big picture, I think we need to remember that at least in Canada or in the United States or in Europe or wherever else we may be, where we have these freedoms and we sometimes take them for granted, Mm. when situations like this come up, we forget that. And I think specifically Iranians who have lived in Iran for Mm. a period of time, who had to, you know, bear the horrific, whatever it may be that they dealt with under the Islamic Republic, they're blinded by their personal trauma. And I think it triggers them. Well, they're understandably traumatized of course and and i appreciate and understand and empathize but i have to say that you know being here just because you a collective you may have had some personal trauma doesn't necessarily mean that you can paint everyone with the same paintbrush and say that someone of a specific religion is then associated with extremism and terrorism but even more so if i hear you correctly isn't this what we're fighting for, freedom and democracy, exactly. for people to have the right to be able to express their religion, exactly whatever it is, on the street if they and want to or need religion, to? And not only religion, but so many other things. I mean, the, the entire basis of what we've been fighting for for the last year and a half is to, you know, come out from under the meaning pressures. Meaning the uprising in Iran. Yes, yeah. meaning the uprising in Iran is to come out from underneath the pressure of this theocratic dictatorship that is, that is you know, holding us all at a chokehold for the last 40 some odd years. Although that's partly the point. Right, but it's that's not. the point that's, that people are making. That's the thing. They're going, uh, you know, a family member of mine, a cousin of mine, mm-hmm. um, when Moharram, that that the month where they month of mourning, and yeah. there's a parade that happens, and when when he saw that happening in Thornhill in mm-hmm. Richmond Hill, we got into this big fight because right. he was like, "This shouldn't be allowed." And I was like, "Well, that what do you mean? It shouldn't be allowed." Exactly. I mean, it's, it's we we can't stop people from. Exp- and he was like, "No, no, no, you don't understand. You didn't grow up in Iran." But that's the I'm, thing. But that is the thing. That is the thing. You, I empathize with his position, right? I, I understand. He's saying we came here to get you know to get away from the dictates of this but, uh, of okay. a of a theocracy, this is, this and is, now I feel like we're back in a theocracy. This right? is where I have a problem with it individuals like your cousin my family so many other people who left iran they left iran to get away from the islamic republic and the rule of the islamic republic they did not necessarily leave to leave a religion behind we may not all be religious we may not all have the same beliefs that that i completely understand but the problem that i think the majority of iranians have and this is me speculating please don't take me at Mm -hmm. my word here this is just my opinion i think that a lot of iranians have a problem with the islamic republic and not islam as a religion as a whole so many of us may have friends family members whoever else who believe in the religion but don't agree with the islamic republic what's funny is i'm gonna bring you in here person I don't mean to be excluding well what's interesting is I think for some that trauma maybe is so deep that it does become associated with yes. religion um, this is I, I, I was I, there were so many people posting and that I didn't want but I was trying to see Iranians what they were saying this from someone named Farazam I'm not even going to read their full names on Twitter um, a word for the set for the censors of the nation they say you are Islamophobic yes She's, this person says, or they, she or he, I have a phobia and trauma about Islam and its supporters. Go live in the Middle East and Iran and understand what is going on in your country. This mm-hmm. is this is the reaction of of um, somebody. This is uh, another person, Bahar Bahari says, um, this is this. This really is a question for me, Mr. Trudeau. That's our our prime minister in Canada. Why do you allow these people with covered faces to roam the streets in Canada? Yesterday, I felt like I was walking the streets of Afghanistan, not Canada. My sense of security is gone. I went through a lot to come to Canada just to feel safe. The freedom we've given these terrorists has taken away my freedom and security and safety. This is Canada, not Mecca or Afghanistan. What kind of mess have we created here? What kind of Canadian citizens are these? I was. I tried to look up the the definition of Islamophobia in Encyclopedia Britannica. Is fear, hatred, and discrimination against practitioners of Islam or the Islamic religion as a whole? In some ways, 
it may be an apt description mm-hmm. of some yeah. Iranians uh, who you know want to say I, I'm not Islam, but but and and for reasons of and there are many 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 people academics who have who have painfully tried to explain that mm-hmm. the Islamic Republic of Iran is not Islam yes. but if that as long as that's the association for some people who've literally escaped that mm-hmm. then fear hatred discrimination is is at least understandable yeah but but confusing. It's very confusing. Rahul. I'm just going to say let, one let, more thing. Resonant. She's and, resonant, Rahul. And I think the way that we keep saying, you know, the Islamic Republic and Iranians or Iran are two separate things, we need to remember that the Islamic Republic and Islam as a religion are also two very different things. The Islamic I, but, Republic but we, but we both uses... Know people, but we both know people who come in here and would argue that. I, I understand yeah. that. But just I think, to, just to, I think just to make sure that to note that the Islamic Republic uses Islam Rahul, as a tool. I, th- I feel like we need to look at the context that this is happening in. This is not just a normal um, situation that we're in. It's not like everything's uh, beautiful and they've decided to just come into the streets and, and uh, have a prayer there. There is a conflict that is very much not religious um, or not related to any religion, and they are making it relig- religious. Like they're, they're by coming into the streets and praying like this what what kind of image are they putting out what is this like what does this mean when you're looking when when you when you're scrolling on the internet when you're when you're scrolling in your social media and you see this image what comes to your head are you do you do you think do you think oh how nice um there they have a clear message of okay cease fire on palestine or like why can't um, it be that I don't think that's it. Because but why can't? Why not? Maybe maybe that is it for some people. But they they weren't talking. They were just praying. There were like rows and rows of men. As we believe she said. in our religion, we're expressing it, and we're why we're the point the the problem the problem is humanitarian. The problem is not religious. Hmm. No one pe- came out and said, you know, let's wipe out all the uh, Muslims in the world. They're fighting over over land. They're they f- they're fighting over power. Why should you come to the streets and and pray and not and and the point is to well, there are people saying let's wipe out the Muslims. Sorry, there are people who who have said let's wipe out the Muslims. Mm-hmm. I know, uh, there, but that, that is that 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 kind of discrimination, that kind of Islamophobia, where people in fact are losing their jobs. I mean, we've certainly talked about people losing their jobs for being anti-Semitic, or yeah. people are also losing their jobs or getting attacked for being pro-Palestinian. You know, uh, that, that it's very heated. You know, you have them and calling out for deportation of everyone who was there that day praying. I mean, when you look at it, when we when we paint everyone with the same paintbrush and we say everyone who was there in that video should be deported i mean if you look at the tweet no, that's very right? extreme and i don't think like that i just don't think that there was a there there was a point in in doing that i don't think it, it served any good for for islam and i feel like to some extent it um it kind of even boldened the 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 um the conflict because do you, you believe that daria safai goes too far by saying this is this is um, what was the part where she says I know from my experience it's political and social message this is a power display this is not an innocent uh, expression of religion to some extent I, I feel like she's being very extreme with her with her tweet or X or whatever it is but I don't think that she's entirely wrong I feel like um, people who who went to the streets and and were chanting you know uh, ceasefire or stop whatever you're doing that makes sense this is kind of like we're making it personal to our religion and we're gonna start the jihad you know because like i don't know but ultimately this is the image that i'm getting from ultimately it. in a country like canada our freedom to protest our freedom of speech our freedom to have thought belief expression all of that is protected that's but, the point regardless but also of, it's not regardless if you, you it's al- also it's not you know that you can't go out and say of course. certain things. I understand that. that. But when be- we're comparing, you know, a peaceful protest where you're just marching and completely silent or you have rows and rows of people praying, technically, both of them are protected. You are not doing harm to anyone. You are not saying anything derogatory. You are peaceful. You're, you know, all of these things that we that we both know. We all let, know. Let me just clarify once again uh, for anybody who... Um, 
This is this is a, a, and this is way too big for uh, for us to <laughs> comprehensively or maybe even credibly, you know, deal with in a in a little podcast, you know, here. But but um, this is not about assigning what's right and wrong uh, in terms of what's happening around the world or in the streets of Toronto. But my impetus for bringing this up is to talk about where I see there's there's a cleavage occurring in the Iranian community Mm -hmm. because it is so confusing um, to be, to, to again, I mean, you know, this time last year, everybody was on the same side against, we want to get rid of the regime. Now, now it's, I, I definitely see different camps oh, yeah. where it's, are you kidding? We believe in the oppressed people of Palestine. We have to support them. Or are you kidding? Of course we have to side with Israel. That's been our ally in terms of being against this regime that we've been all fighting against. So, and, and, and in some ways that division is greater than I've ever seen it. But I don't even think it's about that anymore. I think since a couple of days ago with this video having gone viral, at least this is what I'm seeing. Which video is that? The The prayer? In Toronto Uh with the prayer. I think more than, you know, the Iranians that I see on social media choosing now aside, they're just voicing their concern and opinion for what this video was showing. Hmm. I don't even think it's about the bigger cause anymore. It's not even about the Middle East. No, it's not even about the Middle East anymore. It's just Hmm. the topic has now shifted to why was this allowed? Why are we allowing this? Why let, you know quote-unquote these people show protest in this manner and it's the same thing that we see every year at least in toronto when we have Moharam take place and we see you know the the parade going down young street and everything else every year iranians in toronto are divided once again right. over the fact of why that's allowed and whether it should be or it shouldn't be yeah i don't know <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I, I'm. I'm not for it. I'm sorry, but because because I'm also traumatized from from whatever that was happening in that country, and me and all the women in my family have been oppressed in one way or another, and seeing seeing things like this really triggers me yeah. um, and I feel it's very, very deep to the point that I feel like exactly as you said, Gian, we fled that country for a reason and the beliefs that we fled from are embedded in many of these people and if they they were in power they would actually do the same thing mm-hmm. that they did in Iran mm-hmm. so when i see this i ask myself what's the point of this what's what's the point mm-hmm. what are you trying to prove mm-hmm. do, do you see any christians coming into the streets and like um Praying to Jesus and yes. the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes, we do. Actually, yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. I've never That's, seen that. No, you do see <laughs> you that. You do see Just that. Just go to the Eaton Th- Center. And there's somebody outside no, this saying. Exactly. You don't see like ten, you don't see tens and like But the point isn't even whether or not it. we see them. This is As the a thing. protest. I, I just want to clarify this one more time because I know we're going to get a lot of comments about this because I'm defending this position. But I want to clarify again. It's not about the individuals on Friday. It's not about, you know, me saying that I side with one side versus the other. It's not about any of that. It's about the fact that, as you said, you, me, and many other Iranians left Iran to be in a country that allows us the opportunity to be able to express ourselves, to have beliefs and all of that without having someone execute you, torture you, put you in prison, tell you what to wear, rape you, beat you, throw you in a van, and everything else that we've seen for the last, Mm -hmm. you know, 40 some odd years in Iran and in so many other places in the Middle East. The point is that if we start to point fingers because of our own personal traumas and start to pinpoint people and say this shouldn't be allowed then at some point we're removing all of those same things that we came but, here for but just again when i when i made that exact point mm-hmm. look the part of living in a, a country where we're fighting for free freedom of expression and freedom of assembly you know right. is allowing it to happen when you don't like it to happen one of our team members sent me so okay here's some comments somebody sent you that were in persian and then he, he translated them one of them this is again from from x somebody posting uh, you immigrated from Iran to Toronto to have fun, but we turned Toronto into Hosseinia. <laughs> yeah, see, there's there's so, always I mean, going to be people like that who are going to try and take it to the extreme level, which is why I said I think extremism and religion, you know, you have to understand that they're two separate things. It's ideology versus religion. Hmm. It's not, you know, it, it, it becomes really difficult when 
you have people like that say things to that extreme level but what's important to remember is that that is the extreme those are extremists yeah. right. you have extremists and absolutely everything with tea drinkers you have extremists how dare you right so yeah. that's the difference uh no herbal tea that's no all. herbal that's tea. He, the same person who's now arguing for nuance and <laughs> freedom was the person who hey, said I no said herbal I'd tea. I drink peppermint tea. Uh, listen, we, I'm really curious. I be, you know, we will not. Um, I'm not gonna. Uh, we'll probably just erase comments or block comments that that just want to <laughs> yell profanities at us. But if you uh, or yell profanities about another side or however it is. But if you have something uh, you want to say that. Um, that uh, on this, I'd love to hear from you, and we'll, and we'll read the letters, and we'll talk about this, and and bring people on to talk about it because it it, it is a very it is a very very complex issue. Mm-hmm. You're right; it's not new. It didn't no, start with this prayer. Not. It, it is it is a it is an issue for people who've migrated mm-hmm. and then go. Oh, oh, you know, some of the th- we 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 like the um, that we migrated and 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 we've got access to. Uh, to to saffron here now and some of our and you can buy a samovar at the the Toronto village there but yes. but we don't we didn't want to migrate all of this stuff too and and uh, others who are saying look this is part of living in a in a free society mm-hmm. it's it's what comes with the territory right can and, I yes yeah no no can I just I just wanted to uh, talk about a personal experience that I had in Canada um, which had a very big effect on on my view of this um, conflict right now. So when I was in high school, I used to be um, close with this with this girl who was Pakistani and um, she would always wear like um, full on sleeves and everything. She didn't she didn't wear hijab or anything. But one day we went we went to the park and by mistake, like she I think her hand got wet or wet or something and she just went and like pulled up her sleeve and it was all cuts. Okay. So then I was like, what is this? Are you like trying to do something to yourself? And, and she said, yeah, my dad has not let, let me let, leave the house for the entire summer. And I'm not allowed to go anywhere with my friends. I'm not allowed to do anything. I'm only allowed to come to school. If he finds out that I'm here with you right now, he's going to kill me. And this, to see this in Canada was extremely upsetting to me to even think that you know there are families here in this country that are still practicing what we ultimately left that country for and when I see images like this in a situation like this like I don't mind Ashra Taswa or Muharram people can people can practice what they what they want and that's total total freedom I have Muslims in my family whom I whom I respect and they can do whatever they want but when it comes to a conflict like Palestine and Israel and when you're trying to pre- like trying to protest I don't think making it religion religious is the right way to go I don't think do demonstrating this helps the conflict I think it increases the conflict by separating the narrative even more because every conflict comes from two different narratives that are developing right we can't see eye to eye because we can't come to a common ground you have your own narrative and i have my own narrative but i think that's that's not helping just to end things on a lighter note i Mm. actually (laughs) did some additional research because we keep going back and forth with tweet and x and all of that (laughs) did you know that now what the hell do we call it when you when you put something out into this universe Uh it's called a twix oh Apparently, I wonder if that'll how long will that sustain for? <laughs> uh, I stick to Instagram, nice pictures, yeah, you know, nice captions, put captions, comments. yeah. Uh, thank you so much, you guys. We'll, we'll, I'm very curious to hear to see the debate that emerges from um, some of the most controversial things that have mm-hmm. been said today, and that is about tea. Yes, uh, exactly. <laughs> let's face it, <laughs> these things are very, very heated, uh, whether we're going to um, allow herbal tea to be served as part of our, our Bahmuni or not. Uh, Bessa Buller joins me for our, our talk about uh, tea and Iranian obsession on Thursday. We'll also have a roundup on Thursday. We'll talk about some of what we talked about today, and if there's any uh, letters that come in 
in that we think are are, are really um, powerful, we'll, we'll read them. Uh, so go ahead and send them at in, info at rookmedia.com. Or of course, you can post on our platforms. Thank you, Smart Pega. Thank you. Thank you, Resonant Raha. Thank you. The triple R. Uh, And thank you all out there. This is full time for Rook for today. Our website, rookmedia.com. Thanks to the amazing team who put this show together. (laughs) Uh, Thanks to the, yeah, you never know. (laughs) There it is. Thanks to the amazing team who put this show together. Super Parisa, talented Anahita, Savvy Roham, Bearded Omid, Methodical Kaveh, and of course, Smart Pega and Resonant Raha. Thank you to all of you out there for supporting us and sharing our content. Please do subscribe if you haven't done so already. And remember, for all things Rook related, that website, rookmedia.com, is where you can go to our previous episodes, our videos, our funnies, our images, our explanations, and also a way to support us by pressing the Support Us button. We really appreciate it if you become a Rook member on Patreon. Just press that support us button and it takes you where it needs to take you. Find me on Instagram at Gian Gomeshi. Thank you so much again. See you Thursday. Mizu Machine.